Thanks for checking out the V1 Church podcast. You're about to hear a message from Sandra Anderson as we conclude our series, Beaches, and our study of the Book of Romans. There is so much wisdom and power in this message, so make sure you listen to the very end, and we'll see you on the other side. And so now Paul is going to help us understand that our new Christian life is going to flow out of mercy. And what is mercy? Mercy is love. Mercy is kindness. Mercy is compassion. Mercy is Jesus. So let's get into the word. So we're going to go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is the NIRV message. So it says, brothers and sisters, God has shown you his mercy. So I am asking you to offer up your bodies to him while you are still alive. Your bodies are a holy sacrifice that is pleasing to God. And when you offer your bodies to God, you are worshiping him in the right way. Don't live the way that the world lives. Live your way or let your way of thinking be completely changed. I'm going to say that again. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you will be able to test what God wants for you. And you will agree that what he wants is right. His plan is good and pleasing and perfect. And then I like what the message says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, because see, that's the only way we can do this. Take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life everywhere you go, the places you um, need to go to, and place it before God as an offering. So what is Paul saying? He's saying, all right, guys, it's time that we lay a foundation of excellence in our Christian walk. And so what is excellence? Excellence is character. And so what is character? Our character is defined by what we do when no one is looking. Think about, think about that. Because, see, it's easy for me. I'm going to use myself as an example. It's easy for me to get up here and preach, and you would think, oh, my goodness, she's just so holy, and, you know, she just lives, you know, this certain kind of life. But wait a minute. When nobody sees, how am I acting at home? Go ask my husband. That's the true acid test. If you really want to know about me, go and ask him. So it's... it's <laughs> So it's what you do when no one else around, that's going to determine your character. Tell your neighbor, the tests are coming. So character is revealed when pressure is applied. So Paul is saying, the tests are coming. So when these tests are, are here at your door and the rain's coming and the wind's blowing hard and maybe you don't have enough money to meet your needs, how are you acting when these tests are coming? How are you acting? 
And so another quote says, in the end, you should always do the right thing, even if it's hard. And, you know, there's a a guy in the Bible, his name is Joseph. And at 17, he was taken into slavery, into Egypt. And I know a lot of you know his story. His brothers tried to kill him. He was forgotten in prison. Um, The Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And so for 13 long years, he had to endure many, many tests even was in prison and forgotten about, lied on. They tried to kill him. But in all of those tests, he did the right thing even when it was hard. And guess what? He went from the pit to the palace because he did the right thing. So I want you this morning to think about your character. How do you act when no one is around? And then what's another foundation of excellence? Maturity. So what is maturity? Maturity is transitioning from the milk of the word to the meat. Now, I know a lot of you are what we would call baby Christians. Don't get offended by that. It just means you're like an infant because you're new to coming into um, the, the, the word of God. You're, you're new to coming into your relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so Paul says you are actually infants. But then some of you may not be an infant anymore. You may have been, you know, having a journey, walking with the Lord for, for, for many years now. And so now we would, Paul would call you coming into a level of maturity where you could actually eat the meat of the word. Now, my daughter Mallory and my son-in-law, who I adore, they, uh, they just had twin boys, right? Yeah, so that's awesome. And so, but, but they're infants, right? They're only two weeks old. And so they feed on demand. We change their poopy diapers. Whatever they want, we are on demand, right? And I simply love those twins. But the day is going to come when they're going to be five years old. But you know what? What would happen if Mallory and Ryan still treated them like they were infants at five years old? We would think something was wrong with that, right? And so the reason for Paul writing what he's writing in these last four chapters is because he's saying, hmm, some of you are acting like you're infants when you should be already eating the meat of the word. So he's saying, saying, all right, let's get this foundation of character built in you and also maturity. Does that make sense? So maturity is when a person hurts you, but you try to understand their situation and you don't hurt them back. So that means when my husband is trying to say something to me, I'm not supposed to hurt him back. I'm supposed to understand him. Paul said, yep, that's what I'm saying. So maturity is not by age, but the acceptance of your responsibilities. Ouch. Uh Uh-oh, do you still love me? Okay, maturity says act your age, not your shoe size. Okay, I'm going home now. (laughs) Let me just repeat that, and then you could throw all the daggers, and I'll try to miss them. Maturity says act your age, not your shoe size. So when you can no longer 
think of yourself and what you want and what you need and what your opinion matters when you no longer can think of anybody else or I'm sorry, of yourself, and start thinking of other people, then guess what? Woohoo! You have arrived to maturity. You still love me. Okay. So we are going to pass our tests. So this is something that I didn't know in my 20s when I really started really diving into uh, the Word of God and, and I was a newly Christian. I didn't know that you had many tests. I'm like, what? Tests? And I would have different pastors come up to me and say, you just passed your test. You just passed your test. And I'm like, Lord, what are they talking about? I don't understand. I, I didn't have a clue. So I'm here to tell you now. See, now I'm old school meeting new school. So now I get to tell all of y'all that you've got tests in your Christian walk. And it's called, now that you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, guess what? Guess what school you're in? It's not NYU. It's not all these other community colleges. It's the school of the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor, I'm in the school of the Holy Ghost. All right. And so the thing about it is, my little willow, she would say when she FaceTimed me, class, class. And I would say, yes, yes. So I'm going to say class, class, and you're going to say yes, yes. Class, class. Yes, yes. All right. And guess what you're saying? You're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm saying yes to you. You are my teacher, and I'm going to learn from you. You lead and guide me into all truth. And so sometimes when I would be talking with Willow, and we, she was my teacher, and I would ask her a question, she'd say, hmm? This is not the time to talk, Nana. It's not the time to talk. And sometimes when we're taking a test, we can't hear our teacher. And guess what? He's saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not here right now. I have to let you go through this test. And then when you go through this and pass, then you're going to hear my voice. Then you're going to see me. And sometimes we just have to walk it out by faith. So the good news is, in the school of the Holy Ghost, if you don't pass your test, guess what? The Holy Spirit says you're going to take it again, again. And again, until you pass your test, that's the good news. And so here's a quote. She remembered who she was and the game changed. So let me tell you, I want you to dig your roots down so deep in the word that when those tests come, and we're going to get into this in just a minute, but when those tests come, you are going to remember who you are and you are going to pass your test because it's not you doing it. It's Jesus doing it through you. Amen. So keep a good attitude and do the right thing, even when it's hard. And when you do that, you are passing your test. Joel Osi says, and God promises you your marked moments are on their way. So you may have someone coming up to you saying, you passed your test, and you're going to be like, oh, I know what that's talking about. Thank you, Jesus. So now we're going to move along. Now God is saying, offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable to the Lord. But you're saying, offer up my body, my looks. Why would God want my body? Because I have stretch marks. Because maybe I'm a little overweight. Maybe because I'm old, like me. 
Well, not really, but maybe half. Or maybe I'm a little blotchy, or, or I've got too many scars, or I'm this, or I'm that. But let me tell you, God made your body. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves every part of you. Yes, you can clap for that. I get so tired of seeing young men and young women walking around with such low self-esteem because they look at these magazines and they think, my body does not match up to that, so therefore, uh, I, I, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this or that, and I'm tired of that, and I'm tired of seeing young kids go in a dark place, and they pull a knife out, and they start cutting because they have so much pain. And I rebuke that cutting spirit and low self-esteem. And I command that spirit to leave right now in Jesus' name. Because you belong to God. All of you belongs to God. And God wants us to present all of us, our mind, our will, our emotions, which is our soul, every part of us to him as a living sacrifice. And he loves that. He loves you. And I want you just to look in the mirror and say, God loves me, therefore I love me. But here's the problem that Paul's talking about. He says it's so great when we can come into the house of God and we lift up our hands and we worship and we've got our eyes on Jesus and we're hearing his voice and our hearts tuned into him. But then all of a sudden we get outside of this movie theater and someone cuts us off and we're like, mm -mm, and our temper just rises up or how about we, we have a, a, some kind of addiction that we're not offering up our bodies to God because the enemy is wanting us to stay in this addiction? How about when someone is at work talking about us and we're so quick to say, well, I'm going to go up to them and give them my last word. Where's the sacrifice or how about maybe our leaders at, at our, our job site, maybe they're not the most fairest leaders, but how about if our attitude shifted and we said, God, instead of talking about or saying, I don't like my job, my position, I'm going to start offering up my mouth as a sacrifice and say, I bless my boss, my leader. I bless my coworkers. You see where God's tr uh, trying to take us through these last four chapters? And so Paul is saying there's going to come specific tests, and here is some of them. Show mercy with cheerfulness, be kind and compassionate. So that's the mercy test. So when someone isn't showing you mercy, when they're not compassionate, when they're not kind to you, can you still show them mercy back? How about let your love be genuine, be the real deal, don't be fake. When someone is acting all fake and they're not showing you love, can you be the bigger person? It's the love test. Can you love them and be the bigger person? Give to the saints. Paul says, can you give to the saints when it's your last $5? Can you pass that test and give? Can you bless those who persecute you? Can you weep with those that are weeping? Or, you're, or do you say, I ain't got time for that? Can you associate with the lowly? Here's a quote. Make friends with the nobodies and don't be the great somebody. It's a test. 
Can you repay no one evil for evil? But can you get the best of evil by doing good? Can you never avenge yourself? If your enemy is hungry, how about can you go and buy him some lunch? Okay, I'm going to go home right now. It's getting thick in here. Can you go buy your enemy a lunch? Well, you don't know what they did to me. God says in his word that you lay down your gift at the altar and then you go to that person and you be the bigger person and you ask them to forgive you. Can you pass that test? That's a level, my friend. And you, can you honor those in authority? Can you honor your pastors? Well, they didn't say hi to Pastor Julie. She just, she just passed me by and she didn't say hi to me. Can you still honor her and think, my goodness, she's probably got a hundred things on her mind right now. And she certainly didn't do it on purpose, but I honor my pastor and I love her. Isn't that awesome? Well, I can preach better than you. They ain't called my name yet. Can you sit all the way in the back and wait until your name is called and God promotes you out in front and still honor your pastors? Can, can you go to your job place and say, well, my boss is unfair. He's this and he's that. Can you say, God, right now I'm asking you to forgive me for every word I spoke about my boss. I'm going to honor my boss. I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly in my job because I'm not working for my boss. I'm working for you. Can you pass that test? Jesus is our sacrifice. And the only way that we can pass our test is because Jesus had paid the price. Worship team, you can come up now. God showed us mercy. He showed us what it looked like when he hung on the cross. He showed us what it looked like when his enemies was attacking him. He turned the other cheek. He showed us what it looked like to have love and compassion. And so why can't we? You know why? Because we're still thinking too much of us and our flesh has to die. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. They merely pointed themselves to Christ. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. No beauty. His beauty was the beauty of sacrifice not looks. God is not demanding our bodies because he wants models. He demands our bodies because Jesus wants models of mercy, not models of the world. God paid a high price for you. And he's saying, listen, He's saying through Paul in these last four, letter, uh, last four letters to the church. He's saying, don't be enslaved by the world. We come here and we lift up our holy hands. But I wonder in our homes, how much holy hands do we lift up before the Lord? I wonder how much time are we on our knees praying? I wonder, are we too busy on the... The games, the Nintendo games or whatever kind of games that you guys play now. Are we too busy on that all the time that we can't lay that down as a sacrifice? I'm wondering if parents are still 
putting their children in the living room and saying, where are you at? I want to pray for you. How's your heart? What are you going through? And teaching them the word. Those are the most precious times that I had growing uh, as I was growing up. My children, I would put them in the living room. And the Lord said, I want you to have them lift their hands. And they were just little. Their father had just left them. You know what? I wouldn't trade those days for the world because I began to teach them a word every single night, teaching them, teaching them, just in the ways that they could understand. And I'd say, all right, guys, lift your hands. The Holy Spirit is going to flow in this room, and he's going to begin to heal your heart. This has got to be a sacrifice that when someone cuts you off, you're not trying to say anything ill towards them. You're saying, God bless them. I don't know what they're going through, but I'm going to be a model of mercy, a model of mercy. I'm not going to target my spouse anymore. I'm not going to say, you need to change. I'm going to say, God, change me. Change me how I respond to them. I want to be a model of mercy. I don't just want to get up here and preach. I want to live it in my home. I want my children to see Jesus in me. And God is not looking for you to be perfect, but he's saying if you'll sacrifice, there's a lost and dying world out there that needs Jesus. And we are the only Bible that somebody is gonna see. And how are we acting? And that's why Paul is writing this letter. And he's saying, if you're an infant, keep drinking, keep eating the, the, the word of the Lord. Keep eating. But he's saying, but if you are not an infant anymore, it's time for you to pick your, get your big boy pants on, get your big girl pants on, and say, God, I want to die to me. I want to die to me what I want, what I think, what I want matters to me. It's not important right now because there's a lost and dying world out there that is waiting for us to show them what Jesus really, really looks like, what he acts like, what he talks like. Will you be his hands? Will you be his eyes? Will you be his ears? Will you be his mouthpiece? And will you let him take your feet where he wants you to go? Jesus is waiting for your sacrifice. Obedience is the highest form of worship. It's time to walk in obedience. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. I want to be a mature Christian. It's not about me no more. Matter of fact, I'm going to lay down my life. David said, I will not give to the Lord. What does it cost me? It's going to cost you everything to keep your mouth shut when you want to go off, when your flesh rises up and says, just go off on them. It's going to cost you when the Holy Spirit wakes you up in the midnight hours to get out of that comfortable bed and to get on your knees, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you to serve and not think of yourself. But I'm telling you what, Jesus loves you.
And he wants all of you. He wants all of you. He's dependent on us to get it right. Because the world wants to enslave us. But the more you read the Bible, you're going to see, oh, this is the way God wants me to act. This is the way. This is the path. And there's a big, big path that, that leads to destruction. But there's just this little narrow path that's going to lead to everlasting life. And people need to see us. They need to see com what compassion really looks like when your enemy looks at you and you say, could you fight it in your heart to forgive me? And you may not have even done anything wrong, but you're going to show them what mercy looks like, what forgiveness looks like. Could you find it in your heart to forgive me? You'll be passing your test then. When you can no longer think of you and what you want, when your opinion does not matter, don't matter, don't matter. I'm a lover of Jesus, it don't matter. I'm a lover of Jesus, it don't matter. I'm a lover of Jesus. Stand to your feet. How many lovers of Jesus are in the house today? When your opinion does not matter, when what you want does not matter, I'm looking to serve others. I'm looking to sacrifice everything that I've got for the sake of Christ, that he would be lifted up, that he would be lifted up. How many of you here today want to be like that? Thou, those altars in the back of the mezzanine, they should be filled. It's not about us no more. We lay down our rights. We say, that's it. Now it's Jesus because we lay everything down now at his feet. No longer I live, but Christ lives through me. So I want you young kids and older kids, I want you to pass your test. And I tell you what, Jesus is cheering you on. Every time you say no to the devil, Jesus is cheering you on. And he's saying, yes, yes. That's what I look like in that situation. I'm being lifted up and glorified. Let me look like a fool. Let me look like a fool for Jesus Christ any day. Because I don't even want to be seen. I don't even want to be heard. I only want Jesus to be seen and heard. Amen. So if you're here today and you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, I want to invite you. All you have to do is believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is there anyone here that for the very first time you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart? Anyone here? All right. All right, I see your hand. Amen. So I want you just to say, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I repent of all of my sins. Come into my heart. I surrender everything. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. So I want you to be determined to pass your test. I want you to say, God, I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to put you before me. It's not going to be what I think, but I want to do what you think. I want to act the way you want me to act. So I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to say, Jesus, I surrender. I give up. I give you every part of my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Help me through your spirit to pass my test. I give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I love you, church. I love you, church. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. You're going to pass every one of your tests, and we're going to hear a testimony. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again so much for checking out the V1 Church podcast. We have been praying for you all week, and we were praying over that message, believing that it was going to impact your life in a special and powerful way. So we want to ask that you do us a favor, share this with a friend or a family member, rate this podcast five stars, and we'll see you next time.